Hello everybody, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Lisa Pierce with us, CEO of Fears and Players, leading a global team of actors or coaches, helping people transform workplace communication skills, supporting HR and managers using role play, coaching and interactive drama-based training. Since 1998, companies have used their professional business actors, trainers and facilitators to gain a couple of highly effective communicators. So without further delay, Let's welcome Lisa. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sabrina. It's a pleasure. Wonderful. Most welcome, Lisa. Let's begin with your journey first. Like, how did you get started into this profession? Where did you start your journey and how it's going on now? Yeah, I never would have uh, imagined that I was going to end up being an entrepreneur and having a business. I started my career as an actress in Australia. And I was quite a successful actor. I did that for, you know, for a few decades. I was in films Whoa. and television theater and I also produced and directed plays yeah so I had a I had a great career and I loved doing that and then you know probably a familiar story I had kids and wanted to start a business so I'm like how can I find a business where I can make a difference to people and use my skills and somebody asked me to do role play coaching where the actor comes in and plays the role of a, a team member or a client or even your boss or your peer with, a, with issues and the participants or the clients have to practice that conversation with you. And then you follow that up with like, how did that land with me? What's some coaching I can give you around communicating better? And so I did some role play for a while and I saw the opportunity to start a team with one of my yeah. clients. In, and so recruited, a t I went to see them and they're like, do you have a team of actors? And I'm like, yes, of course. I had to go and compile a team. So we started in Australia and now I've grown to be global with our work. Wonderful. And how it's going on now? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, 25 years in, I have a huge team of coaches all around the world who I call on for various clients. The work we do is so heartfelt, you know, helping people to be really better human beings in terms of yeah. their ability to empathize and put themselves in someone else's shoes. So it's very, very practical, the kind of coaching that we give. So tell us like how the role play is hel like helping people to be better like when it comes to coaching because most of the time I have seen that it depends but I have seen that some people are both theoretical but when you are saying about a role playing so it sounds more practical you know when you are, play, are doing the role playing it always involves our heart and mind at all the things in that particular situation so tell us like how the things is helping for people. Well, because we're all actors, we're very aware of body language and vocal skills, you know, how your face and your body are sort of representing your message. And so we're really looking for authenticity and integrity in the way that you communicate. And that's the sort of coaching we give people is when you did or said this, it made me feel this. And that's how it's very skills-based and practical. And people like, wow, I didn't realize that my face was saying something different to what my voice was saying or to what my message was. Or, or I didn't realize that if I have a grounded uh, physiology or a, like a symmetrical stance that I'm going to feel more like a leader, I'm going to act more like a leader. And yes, that's how you use your voice and your body to connect with the message that's in your heart. Yeah, correct. Mostly, most of the time, like it's tonality matters the most when it comes to like what exactly that you're talking about. So that is the important part. Yeah, I have noticed. Like, and if you see the mostly corporate culture, 
people are not like that and this is the most important need right now if i talk about that what you are doing because i have seen that people just if they just want to be better or they just want to do something in their corporate office or businesses are they are mostly if i just learn this tactics or this hacks then <laughs> yeah. i'm going to do that and it's very easy very theoretical as i think is what you're saying that there's a lot of theory being trained out there but we give the people opportunity to really practice it and often we'll stop when we're practicing these conversations and we'll stop and give some coaching and give them some skills and then go back into it so that they can actually practice those skills so it does people always say that it brings those theories off the page and into the their physiology and into their because most people in tech especially and our biggest clients are tech companies like Cisco and Snapkin companies like that they spend years so how long did you spend learning to be an engineer or how long did you spend learning how to be a tech you know whiz because they're incredibly bright people and they're like oh i went to college for 5 years and you know i've been in this job da 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 and like and how long did you spend actually to communicate to it because often and we find this in finance as well people are recruited for their skills and then they get promoted and now all of a sudden they're a manager and they're having to manage a team and keep that happiness and productivity within their team. And so I'm like, well, how long did you spend learning to be a manager? Oh, no time, nothing. And so it's there's a real imbalance there, I think, with the focus on technical and a lot less focus on actually being a people person and a people leader. Correct. And also like when you separate the hard skills with the soft skill and if mm-hmm. anybody wants to get success then like after doing some things like you may be better in your skill but at the end of the day you will realize that soft skill is the most important like you know in order to get success in order to communicate with people not just in terms of only career or business but also relationship overall that is so true and so many times clients will say to me when i'm working with them privately you know oh yeah my wife said that <laughs> or my partner said that or my kids told me that i'm like oh really interesting <laughs> but these are skills that perhaps you could practice outside of the work environment as well although that's not our main focus but of course as when as you grow as a person and you become more aware of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and having empathy and understanding someone else's point of view of course it's going to enrich your life you know in other aspects once you become mindful of those skills yeah correct and okay so like since you got a lot of experience in this industry right like I- i'm going to call you that practical coach so let us like what is the most important qualities when it comes to be successful coach to coaches i would have to say empathy really being able to feel for somebody else's view of the world to understand that people do have a different perception of reality or of the world and how it works and that we have to understand that we do operate in different ways and so to stop sort of using your own bias of oh I would do it like this or why don't they do it like I do it but to understand people have different ways of thinking different ways of perceiving not just like visual auditory kinesthetic introverted extroverted things like that but just just understanding that we all have different ways of perceiving and understanding the world and what we're here to do so I think empathy and that sort of perspective probably the most you know the most important qualities yeah so basically like you have to 
first understand your clients and then you need to connect with your client in that connection level not like your that you are thinking that you understand your IQ level is like that or your <laughs> EQ level is high and the client will be like and so it's not that yeah yeah so empathy is the most important quality yeah. wonderful okay so since you are doing tons of the things what kind of options are available like if anybody wants to get coaching from you are you providing one-on-one or are you only working with corporate or you have any kinds of programs? So what kind of therapy? Most of our work is spoke. So we do tailor it to, if we're working for an organization or a client, we'll work with them to work on their programs and whatever models and views that they want to put out. But we also work one-on-one. So if people have you know, a conversation that they need to have or a presentation they want to give, well, they just want to grow in their management and leadership skills. We have a website, peersandplayers.com, and all the numbers and forms of things around there. And we're everywhere. We have a team in India, you know, all across the States, Asia, Singapore, Australia, of course. Although I'm not in Australia anymore. I live in San Francisco now. But we have people in the UK, Greece, pretty much everywhere because the business has grown so much over the years. I think we've got about 300 coaches now working actively. Wonderful. And, and where do you get the energy to manage all the things? I love the work. I just love helping people to transform. And whenever I do a session with people, well, I mean, it starts with understanding the client. So I love that with people to understand what they want and what their challenges are. But working with people, I just get so energized by that. I love it when people say, wow, that really made a difference. And they're so grateful and appreciative. I could do that every day. It's endlessly, endlessly fascinating and gratifying. Yeah, like, yeah, like as a human beings, we always love to involve with the people. We always love to know about other person's stories, like how they operate, how they think and how they are managing all the things, how the other life is, how the definition of life for them. So, uh, yeah, it's all like... Because you're running this podcast, you have a great interest in people as well. And I yeah, correct. in fascination for people and, and what, what makes them passionate. Yeah, correct. And also, like, maybe they are not the best position in their life, but when you communicate with the people, you always have to learn something new. You always have to like learn something interesting it's basically particularly that uh, you are getting someone's experience and you are getting someone's perspective to look at the things look at the life and look at the, all the things that is you know revolving around the world so yeah it always pretty was interesting to talk to people connect with them in their level and have some conversations because you can earn money and you can spend money you can have a vacation you can have like there are tons of the things that you can spend your time but uh, I believe that it is the you know fastest way to learn everything yeah for sure experiential learning is proven to be so effective of course we do understand that there are different personality typing models and different uh, communication models there are techniques and certainly for myself I've studied NLP I've studied with Tony Robbins as a leader with him, you know, all of that life experience and all those models and sort of modalities that you learn, for me, they've all come into this sort of rich mix that has gone into creating my own approach, but certainly learned a lot from all of my mentors and teachers along the way. And the best part that you never feel that you are learning, you are having a hard time, you're putting a lot of work into your learning, but it's like naturally you can learn the things. Yeah, that's right. When it's really 
evidence-based. That's what I always stress with my coaches. It's like really tell people, this is how you're affecting me by doing this, by saying this. You're having this effect on me. And when you can be really that clear and people really get that, wow, these are my strengths. It's not all about things that aren't working either. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that I have this strength, that I have a soothing voice or that I have a very good pace or that I leave pauses so that the other person can speak. All of those sort of things are the things that we're helping people to learn, but a lot of people do them naturally. So it's not like you're starting from scratch. So we always start with by saying, well, you have great strengths in this area. Let's build on those. And also let's find the gaps to help you to be more productive and happier. Correct. Sometimes we are not be in that positions that identify our strength and identify our weakness or maybe call it blind spot. But when we communicate, mm-hmm. when we talk about it, they can suddenly tell us or they can make you realize that this is the your strength that you fabulous and this is their blind spot that you need to work on. It's not about saying it directly, but it's about realizing that thing. Yeah, I think it's always important to realize what one does well. First, and I always tell my coaches when I'm training them, always acknowledge things that you do well, because it's our human nature, especially in the society we live in now, to always think, if we ask people, well, how did that go for you? How was that? And I was, oh, it was terrible. I'm like, wait a minute, let's acknowledge what you did well first, because there was a lot, there's a lot of strengths there. And so that's another thing that we're trying to sort of model and encourage people to do in their lives is really appreciate what I'm good at and what I love. And then how can I build on that by, like you said, the blind spots, filling in the gaps. Okay. So I believe that you have tons of clients coaching success stories, but would you be uh, like, say with us one or maybe two that is nearly close to your heart? Yeah. I mean, we see so many people because the detriment of the way we do coaching is that we don't get to follow up with our people very often. We might do two or three different programs with the same person, but it's not like what you would regularly think of as a coach who's come and see me every week for an hour. We're not in that sort of modality, but we've done over 500 sessions, for example, for Cisco in person and also virtually. So I think that the success is that they keep coming back. They keep wanting more and more and more of their people to get trained by us. I don't know. I did about 20 individual little half hour sessions with people last week. And then they have to fill out a survey and it's so gratifying when they fill out the survey and they're like, that was so like transformational. And I learned so much from Lisa, especially when it's very gratifying when they mention you and they're like, yeah, such great skills. In half an hour, we can transform people because we've honed the way we work. So it's not one success story in the way that you would think of in like a regular coaching environment. And it's a pity because we would, it is great when we get those one-on-one clients that we can work with over time, but most of our work is those in more of a group setting. So it's instant, instant feedback of, wow, that was great. And I'm going to take that on. And then being rebooked is the success story. Yeah. And as a coach, like it's a really beautiful feeling that when you hear that feedback or when you see that your client is doing the things or getting results or getting success, it always gives you that level of motivation to help more and more people. And I believe like you are doing that. Oh, totally. And the thing is that I was such a horrible communicator myself when I was younger because I became a very quite a popular actor very young. Like I was a teenager when I started my career and I was horrible. Okay, so would you please say a long story short, what's your acting career like? 
I'm just into that. Yeah, well, I was, as I said, I mostly worked in Australia. I did a few high-profile films early in my career. I worked with Jack Thompson and other well-known Australian actors. I was in a movie called Sunday Too Far Away when I was a teenager. Then I starred in a, a TV show, a science fiction show called Andra. I was a host of Candid Camera in Australia, the TV show. I brought two, two plays that I saw in New York and I brought them back to Australia and produced them. One of them, Catholic Schoolgirls, we ended up touring nationally around Australia for two years straight. And I was the producer and also I was in the show because I produced it so that I could be in it originally. <laughs> I also I did a lot of like film narration and just a lot of everything. You have to, especially in a small country like Australia where I started, you have to diversify. But the one thing I did a lot of actors don't do is like I said, producing shows, directing shows, as and doing acting, coaching, which all sort of led me to the career that I have now. And I still get to, get to act in my business because we're still helping yeah. people to have conversations. And so we will enact, as I see that team member who's perhaps not performing very well and they might have a backstory of some personal life things or whatever, or we might be like, the oblivious boss who was just expecting people to have autonomy or yeah. and so we might be playing four or five different roles within a session in order to have that basis for the coaching so basically you mix your acting skills with the coaching and make ideal things like for people who want to develop their life or career and at the end of the day we all are actors that's, that's very true. That is very true that we all put on a different mask in a different environment. Like you'll be different when you're at work than you are at home or in the shops or with your kids. We all can adapt. And that's a really good point because that is the basis of our coaching. It's like you can slow down if you're speaking to somebody who's a slow speaker to help them feel comfortable with you. Or you can match one of the skills we teach is you can match that person to help them feel understood to help them feel comfortable and it's a management that's so important and people have never thought oh i can change the way that i'm acting as it were it has to come from an authentic place it's not that you're putting on some leadership character or something although often when i'm teaching presentation skills i will say well who are the great speakers that you were inspired by let's break down their skills and not that you're going to copy them but, but what are the skills that you admire about that person? How can I authentically learn from that person what those skills are? And But still with my own message intact. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's endlessly, endlessly fascinating. Correct. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's move to our last questions. I do not want to end this conversation, but we are limited <laughs> by time. Okay, so each and every industry has a different kind of misconceptions, right? So... What are some common misconceptions about coaching that you have noticed till now? I think people sometimes feel intimidated by asking for help. And certainly in our case, because the basis of our coaching is enacting or role-playing conversations, people get a little bit intimidated by that, thinking that they have to... Well, it kind of ties into what we were saying. I have to act in a certain way. And so people feel intimidated and also especially being watched by their peers. Yeah. So for us, and we often work in a group of, say, four people or up to 30 people. And so we try to create an environment that's very safe and confidential and supportive and friendly where we're not judging each other. 
So I think the misconception is that like, oh, that doesn't work because usually if they've done role play before, it's with a peer. But we bring, we don't know anything about the technical stuff. We can't talk about what an engineer does or whatever. We can act like one. And so we have to keep it very heart-centered and very communication skill-centered. But I do think that's a big misconception that people have based, have a bias based on their past experience, which we try to dispel. Correct. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's really great. Please. I was going to say, people sometimes, I think, feel that asking for help is showing weakness. And from my right. perspective, it's it's a huge strength if you can reach out to somebody, you know, and say, I need help, I need support with this. That's true vulnerability and true that's true strength is to be able to be vulnerable in that way. Yeah, yeah, correct, 100%. It's true. And like, it's basically the thoughts is always come from that our society that we're living. They always made us a believe that if you are asking help, then you are weak and uh, not that much popular. Like they are looking the, the person in that way. But the thing is that when you know exactly this is your weakness or this is the thing that you need help, I believe that you are much more powerful, like, in compared to that people because you know exactly that what kind of help that you need and whom you need to ask. That's right. And we usually find that it's more effective when people reach out themselves because often we'll have a manager come to us and say, oh, I have a team member. They need to be fixed in this and that and that. And I'll always say, well, let me talk to them and find out what they feel their challenges are what they really want to achieve, where they want to go. Because that's, there's often a dichotomy there, a difference between what the manager's pushing them towards and what they actually, what their experience is. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay, so tell us, like, what is the best possible way to reach out to you so that our people can find you and get in touch with you? Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's .peersandplayers.com, P-E-E-R-S-A-N-D. P-L-A-Y-E-R-S, peersandplayers.com. My name is Piers, but it also fits in well with, you know, Piers and my troop of players. Yeah. And all the phone numbers, well, the U.S. phone number is 415, what is my U.S.? Four, I don't know if you know my office number, 4850505. But it's all on the website, so you can reach out to us there. We give a free half-hour consultation to anybody who's interested in about what we can do, so... Yeah, peersandplayers.com. <laughs> That's all email. <laughs> Guys, do make sure you follow Lisa, wonderful person, great personality and great journey. And you can reach out to her according to your coaching needs. So that was today's episode of Parking on the Pinner Show. Thank you, Lisa, for being on the show. And it was an honor to hosting you today. Thank you much, so, so much, Subrat. It was a great conversation. So that's it. I am your host, Subrat, signing off. And you guys have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. <laughs>